live. Yeah, you we are live in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. I'm your executive director, Big Kano. And then we have, as always, our diligent and dutiful deputy director, Carla. You, you call me dutiful or beautiful? Dutiful and diligent. <laughs> dutiful I'm, and diligent deputy director. I, I, I'm also beautiful. But yeah, man, this is this is interesting. This is, uh, you know, this is the original rotation team. We're across the U.S. from each other, but we're still doing the show, and um, it's a little different from the garage. But uh, yeah, we're we're here. We're doing it big, man. Man, I, I, oh, I, say hi to your wife. She just came into the, the shop. Yeah, she, she just <laughs> brought me a big stack of waffles for breakfast. Oh, really? Delicious. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't like waffles. So, Kano, how you been, man? What's going on in D.C.? There's a lot going on with cannabis in D.C. right now. Yeah. Um, you know, great uh, development coming up. The uh, House Democrats have uh, scheduled the Moore Act for a vote in December. So we are going to have the first ever floor vote in the U.S. House of Representatives on a bill which would uh, remove cannabis from the Controlled Substances Act. Right, I don't. I don't want to take away from that because it, it is a big step, but I do, you, you know me, I, I like to think logically about things. So we, we got to be thinking here, like, what is the likelihood of this passing? What's, what is the likelihood of the more act actually going somewhere, doing something? Well, uh, you know, let's be real. This, this December session is a lame duck session of Congress. Mm -hmm. I, you know, is, is overly excited that, a Republican-controlled Senate would pass anything out of the Democratic-controlled House. I mean, the bipartisan divide is bigger uh, more than ever, and it, it's become less about doing what's right for the American people and, and scoring political points for your party. And that's what Mitch McConnell has done in the Senate by refusing to take up any legislation from the House, whether it's the coronavirus relief package, uh, whether it's, you know, the, this upcoming bill on decriminalization. But I firmly feel as though the MORE Act will pass the House. It will have support of both Republicans and Democrats. Um, and it's it's pretty exciting. You know, all in all, all eyes uh, end up going to the uh, state of Georgia. Georgia has two Senate seats right now in a runoff that will be decided on January 5th. If the Democrats flip those two seats, then they would effectively have control of the U.S. Senate and it would make, um, uh, you know, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris the deciding vote in the Senate. And she's the sponsor of the MORE Act in the Senate. So, mm -hmm. you know, you know, partisan politics aside, I think that the Democrats winning the, the Georgia Senate would be a good thing for cannabis because it would allow essentially, you know, the, the bill that's in the House to get voted on in the Senate and then sent to Joe Biden's desk and him signing in, you know, decriminalizing cannabis, which was part of his platform and part of the DNC platform. Mm -hmm. It really was part of his platform because I've heard a lot of negative things with this guy in cannabis. Like, yeah, I mean, decriminalization was was part of his platform. Uh, I think that the big concern that a lot of people have is he wasn't going far enough, and the establishment uh, leaders of the Democratic Party weren't going far enough. You know, there are progressive leaders who felt as though we need uh, to advocate for full legalization. That legalization needs to be part of the platform for the Democratic Party. And I, it was much contention uh, in the platform committee and at the DNC. I was on the DNC Credentials Committee this year, and I can tell you that, you know, it, it was a virtual convention, which means that the folks in power uh, really, you know, had uh, the ball in their court. You know, it's mm -hmm. uh, an in-person meeting where you can protest, where you can organize, where you can shut it down, where you can apply public pressure. And so um, all in all, I mean, the powers that be won out. They didn't get, you know, full legalization was not something that people were advocating for, but rather it, it was a kind of a compromise with decriminalization. And some folks have expressed concerns that does decriminalization open up the market, the legal markets that currently exist uh, to, you know, some type of uh, legal actions, you know, some type of retribution, if you will, uh, some type of criminal sanctions. All of that still remains to be seen. But I think all in all, the MORE Act, by removing cannabis from the Controlled Substances Act, um, does a justice, a big justice in this country, because cannabis should never have been a controlled substance, number one. And number two, it, it, it in itself has been decided uh, as an agricultural product, in theory, based on cannabinoid ratios. And I mean, 
hemp and 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 marijuana are the same plant. They're cannabis. It's just a matter of you know how many molecules of a certain uh, uh, chemical compound do you have in it versus versus another. And I think that arbitrary you know line that you see uh, being drawn by government so oftentimes is backed more um, by politics rather than by science. No, I agree. Do you, and uh, honestly, like owning a CBD store and explaining to people the difference between hemp and cannabis, I think it's very important. Every time I, I tell them, it's like, listen, this is a government definition. This is a legal definition. This doesn't go by science. Put it, put it to you this way. When the government makes their laws, they don't exactly use science, right? All they were saying was we only care about people getting high, therefore less than 0.3% THC. So it's like, and and now you're seeing like that lack of misinformation is really starting to screw them. There's hundreds of cannabinoids. You know, you get you get a pothead that's smart enough to 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 single out delta eight or convert CBD to delta eight, or you know what I mean? Like you're able to um you're able to actually um you know, uh, really, really do like a bunch of different things with this plant, eat with the hemp plant and still get people high. I think soon the government's going to start to realize that, listen, these arbitrary rules, we don't know enough about this plant. Maybe we should just legalize it. I mean, shit, dude, Canada legalized a little while ago. Now Mexico legalized. We're going to be sandwiched between two countries that legalize. We screwed up when cannabis legal, when cannabis, when Canada legalized legalized cannabis before us because they basically took over the market they they made it legal to trade cannabis companies in canada right and now now they're now you're able to buy a cannabis company through stock right uh it has to be from canada canada or whatever but you're able to provide ownership these companies in canada can raise money a lot easier than u.s companies can and what ended up happening is they all came in really quick and just took over everything. I mean, even Florida, I believe Florida's cannabis companies are the majority of them are owned by Canadian companies, right? Well, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that truly is, is, uh, is traded on the Canadian market. Um, who, uh, uh, Afria, um, which originally had a license here in Florida. Um, there were Canadian based. Um, I mean, there's a lot of companies in Florida that definitely have, uh, you know, that the have Canadian backgrounds, Canadian roots. Um, you know, Cureleaf, which has risen to be the largest company in the United States, uh, you know, is not just traded there, but they also have, uh, you know, uh, Russian oligarchs, for lack of a better word, that are heavily invested in their company too. So um, there is definitely an international aspect to domestic cannabis. And I think that that is a major concern for a lot of people who have been in the black market for many years that are seeking to to migrate to a legal regulated market in that they feel as though well they can't compete with billionaires from Russia that they can't compete with with companies that that are able to raise millions of dollars and when you have a, a system like Florida which is vertically integrated when you have systems like Illinois which have been vertically integrated it is very difficult to get the mom and pop uh, you know, Colorado, California, uh, uh, cannabis business is up and running. And I know that is definitely a, a, a big concern uh, for a lot of people who think, I mean, I, I've talked to, you know, uh, a, a 60, 70 year old uh, uh, ladies who are like, yeah, me and my husband, we, we saved our retirement nest egg and we're going to buy us a cannabis company. And I'm like, do your research first. You know, the, it depends on what market you're trying to break out into. And now after this election, you know, um, several states have legalized uh, cannabis for adult use. You know, you, you have adult use in, in the uh, what South Dakota now. You have, uh, you know, Arizona. You have uh, Montana. There are so many, uh, New Jersey. So uh, there are more and more markets opening up for both medical and for, for adult use of cannabis. And I think that um, in itself enables people to, to figure out where they get in. Because in the United States, again, we have 50 states. We don't have a national level industry. Everything is done uh, at the state level. So uh, do your research is the best thing I could say. For a lot of folks, it, you know, it may break their heart that they can't open up a cannabis business in their own home state, especially if they've been in the black market for 10, 15, 20 years. It, you know, sadly, you need to take yourself and, and go elsewhere because uh, here in Florida, unless you own some politicians, unless you're 
clocking in a few million dollars, the, the reality of opening up a cannabis business just isn't there. I mean, if you saw a, a couple of weeks back when we had Joe Redner on, this is someone who has, you know, uh, millions of dollars, who is an established business owner uh, in the state of Florida and who is still fighting in court for the right to open up a cannabis business. I just, it's pretty much impossible to actually open up a business here. I mean, uh, it's, what was the last, the last license sold for like 95 billion or so? It was something like that. There was like two licenses, one sold for 50 million, another one sold for 45 million, something like that. Don't quote me, but uh, it's pretty much impossible, man. And like, I used to have this idea that like, um, you know, living in America, uh, the first step was to normalize, right? Um, and that, and, and that, that was pretty much like our idea when we were like doing the giant blunt floats and stuff like that. Uh, like we wanted to be in people's faces. We wanted people to see this, right. Because that the next step was, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Maybe they should legalize it. Maybe we shouldn't make that big of a fuss out of it, but, um, really bringing it into popular culture i think is a big thing and sports is a huge thing in in the us uh we've worked with uh plenty of people in that former nfl players you know boo williams uh ricky williams uh uh, a number of different uh, <laughs> Williams, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but and, and I have seen things like hemp companies are sponsoring UFC fights and things like that. Uh, but we were talking about Mike Tyson before the show, and not only is he a cannabis entrepreneur, but he actually just stepped back into the ring and told everybody, "Yeah, I smoked a joint before this fight, and I won." Yeah, I, I mean, Mike uh, said he smoked last night before the fight. He managed to throw 193 punches in 16 minutes at the age of, you know, what, 53, 54. I mean, you know, I, I'm 37 and I'd, I'd probably be winded after one round, you know. Um, <laughs> the fact is, is that uh, for, and for Mike, he says he's not going to stop smoking. He, he, it is part of his health regimen. And mm -hmm. I find that interesting that more and more athletes are incorporating cannabis into their health regimen. We've seen several um, UFC fighters incorporate CBD into their regimen to the point to where they accepted suspensions. And Dana White, you know, had to kind of cave on the rules a little bit in, in the uh, adjustment yeah. because when you start having uh, top tier, you know, boxers uh, uh, and fighters utilizing uh, cannabis as as a health supplement, um, all in all, I think it's time internationally. That, that cannabis uh, be removed from a lot of the prohibitions. And to that point, the United Nations is getting ready to vote soon on cannabis uh, decriminalization and whether or not it should remain part of uh, many of the international uh, drug control treaties. Um, because the fact is, is that the U.S. drug policy through the United Nations uh, in the 70s and 80s was, you know, expounded to go global. And so the war on drugs has been exported by the United States. And in many countries, uh, that has done damage to their local culture. In particular, India is one major country where cannabis has always been part of that culture. And they still see the damages uh, being done to that through drug control. And I think that it is, is very important that athletes have the right to use it. I mean, we see too often athletes in the NFL being uh, uh, suspended, uh, being kicked off. Ricky Williams, you mentioned that, you know. Mm -hmm. it, had to leave the league. But the fact is, is that when you put your body on the line like that day in and day out, week in and week out, it, it takes a, a severe toll. And it's so important uh, that you, you know, you have the ability to have relief and without dosing yourself full of pills that damage your liver, that can cause psychological issues. I, I think Mike Tyson is a prime example of someone who he, you know, for him, cannabis not only helps with pain relief, but also with the psychological aspects of just being calm and peaceful. You know, uh, you know, if you ever listen to Mike Tyson's podcast, uh, the mic that you hear on that podcast is not the same mic that you saw in, in interviews in the 80s after he, he, you know, destroyed someone in the ring. You know, he's like, I'll eat your face off that that mic. <laughs> You know, when he's high, when Mike is high, he doesn't want to talk. He wants to talk and be philosophical and talk about art and everything. Well, 
it actually <laughs> it actually <laughs> is interesting that you mentioned that dude because like i mean to get we're getting off the topic of marijuana but our events director uh actually uh lindsay uh came into our facebook feed and dropped this bombshell on us apparently he was he's using psychedelics too and not only did she do that but she put this little link here that shows that an article was written that uh basically psychedelic drugs told mike tyson to get back into the ring so um and i think that actually goes hand in hand man i these are all medicines and the reason why the government doesn't want us to have them is because they want to keep us at a certain level there's a reason why I, and I may be getting too deep into this, but there is a reason why they want our education level to be so low. There is a reason why, you know, and I know you're a man that values education, Kano. Um, there's a reason why the, it's becoming more popular to, you know, go to trade school or, or whatnot than instead of going to college. And, you know, part of that is because you know, it's so damn expensive and you talk about that quite a bit, but I mean, a big part of that too is because they want to keep us where we need to have a third grade reading level to read our newspapers. They want voters to be dumb so that they can be in control. And all of this information coming about, about cannabis, about psychedelics, it's not, it's even more than what you're saying, Kano. It's not even just, there's a little thing on my microphone. Uh, it's not even, it's not even just the long term, man. It's the short term. These people become better athletes. There's a reason why, uh, what is it, Nick Diaz or Nick Diaz, one of those two brothers, lighting up joints right at practice. You know, he's lighting up CBD hemp joints right at practice because it helps him practice better. He becomes a better fighter because he's able to use these things in his workouts, you know. And so now, now we get into an argument, is cannabis a performance enhancing drug? Because, mm -hmm. you know, part of the Olympics and everything else is about creating an equal playing field. So, you know, you get into that topic of, you know, is cannabis no different than a whey protein powder? Or, or is it along the lines of a, of an anabolic steroid, you know, when it comes to performance, you know? Well, I mean, it's, there's a, a fundamental difference between cannabis and steroids. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this right here. Steroids, the purpose is to actually make you stronger, right? Cannabis actually helps you within your workout. You're still doing the workout. Um, it just helps you go further. It helps you deal with the pain of the workout. It helps you deal with the, the, the swelling of the workout. It's not like there's some sort of juice that's making your muscles get bigger. Yeah. You know? it, so in that case, I would say that no, cannabis isn't a performance enhancing drug. It's uh, something More that- just, of a protein powder, right? You know? Just yeah. You know, it, it, it's something that just kind of just helps you perform. Wash it down with your Gatorade, right? <laughs> a joint and a Gatorade sounds so good right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, have you ever woken up hungover on a Sunday morning after a wild Saturday and there's a joint and a Gatorade right there on the bed stand for you? It's a mm -hmm. good feeling, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, um, <laughs> one of the comments that, that came in is about, you know, cannabis definitely helps with uh, restoring homeostasis uh, to the body. And, you know, for anybody who... Uh, managed to stay awake in seventh grade, you know, biology class. Uh, that is where your body is is completely in harmony with itself, and uh, part of that is is definitely vital. Um, you know, you see people, you know, making comments that they've been martial artists, that they've been football players, that they've had really intensive uh, sports experiences, and and you know, your body ages on you. I mean, you, you know, I, I went to kickboxing class, uh, you know, a couple weeks back. And, you know, kickboxing at 37 feels totally different than, you know, than, than what I was doing even at 27 or at 17, you know. I'm a shoot, man. Walking down the street feels different at 37 than it does at 35. And yeah. your knees pop sometimes. Your elbows pop. You, you could wake up in the morning and be like slip wrong and, and your whole day's messed up. The fact that cannabis is something that can provide relief to people, especially in regards to the aging process, I think it it it, it is something that is is damn near a human right. Like you should have a human right to feel better. And if this plant makes you feel better, then then what what's the problem? Why is it prohibited? Right? And mm -hmm. It's about control. Um, think about it. We were talking about the value of education. For me, you say I value education. You know how much I value education? Three hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. That's how much. <laughs> 
that's that's the bill that I'm going to be sliding to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris when they start talking about student loan debt. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear this 10000 20000 Let me show you. Cancel all of it, all right? And then I'll show you how much I really value education, so... It just, it, it really sucks. It really actually, you know, it, it, it gets to me, man, because like the whole purpose of democracy is educated voters, right? The whole purpose of capitalism is educated consumers, right? The consumer and the voter goes and learns about what's going on and then they make the best possible decision. Right. And to be able to say, hey, we, you know, you probably shouldn't go to college because it's going to cost too much. Right. You should probably learn how to weld or you should probably learn how to do something mundane in society. Let these other people here be leaders. Right. It costs too much to become a leader. You know what I mean? That that's we're doing ourselves an inservice there, you know. And um I don't know, man. I just, I could rant about it all day. Uh, I, I really. You hit it right on the point, though, is that we live in a society where capitalism and democracy intersect and play such a vital role in both of those industries. And education is not the value that this country has. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, consistently, we can see more and more money spent on bombs and less and less money spent on books. You see more and more money spent on prisoners and less and less money spent on public schools. It even comes down to like our job. You know, we we stressed before that it was our job to inform, like kind of inform people, you know, on what's going on with cannabis. And the truth is, as activists, that really shouldn't be our job. We should be there, you know, influencing the people that that you know, are, are, are actually making the laws, you know, we should be out there talking to the Florida legislator. Um, but the truth is, is that it starts at the people and the people are voting people in that, you know, it, it, it's shoot. I'm going to bring up my dad. I'm going to bring up my dad. <laughs> so as you know, I'm Cuban, right? So yeah. my, my father votes conservative constantly, constantly. Right. So he's got a cannabis activist as a son. He's got a lesbian daughter and then he's got a goddaughter that married a Haitian man. Right. So you got Black Lives Matter. Right. You got homosexuality and you got, you know, uh, the, the marijuana movement all underneath him. And he's constantly voting against them because he feels that the best thing to do is to keep his kids and his goddaughter from living in a socialist environment because he had to flee a very, very persecuting social socialist government. So rhetoric becomes important here. You know, the Republican Party is providing rhetoric and not providing facts. Right. So it's on the job of the activist, not, you know, the party or the company or, you know, the politician to provide education. It's on it's on our jobs. Right. To actually inform people. And we're getting off of the marijuana and sports topic. But that's what we're doing today with marijuana and sports. We're letting people know, like, hey, listen, like marijuana is moving into the sports sports area. You know, it really isn't that big of a deal. It's probably going to make sports better. Right. Um, you know, and it's probably going to take these people that are busting their ass, getting hit in the head every day. Right. Uh, is putting their body on the line every day for us. And it's going to make them feel better so that they can do it more or, you know, even worse. You know, like we've heard stories about these these football players. Like I believe it was uh, um, what's his name? Boo Williams, who like literally said, I was laying on some train tracks waiting for a train to come and run me over. And it's like, dude, what do you got? You got, you know, you've got this great football career. You've got this great girlfriend. You've got money. You've got companies. Like, why, why do you, why do you think that's a thing? And it's just his chemistry. He's been hit in the head so much. And cannabis is the only thing that can really provide whatever, you know, uh, Lindsay put up here. Um, homeostasis and it's not exact and and i like that lindsay put that in the comments actually because we were talking about before is cannabis a performance enhancing drug maybe it can en enhance your performance but it's not going to enhance you as a performer right it's going to help homeostasis balance everything out to make sure that you can perform yeah i, I think you know and one of the things you talked about we were getting off topic but i don't think we were it, you cannot separate cannabis and sports 
from the politics of it. Mm -hmm. uh, the politics of the NFL, which I followed very closely, is is so heavily regulated and political um, in regards to to cannabis. Um, you know, NFL players can't endorse cannabis companies. They can't be actively invested in cannabis companies. Um, you know, they can't be out there seeming to promote it. And, uh, you know, you get suspended for four or five games if you test positive. And it's because the NFL has this political image, which it's, it's an artificial one that oftentimes it strives to present. Oh, we're family friendly entertainment, you know. But, you know, is it really family friendly entertainment to watch? You know, 22 guys literally work to knock the snot out of each other and, and cause massive head injuries every weekend. Is it family-friendly entertainment to have Super Bowls where, you know, you have, you know, Shakira and J-Lo corking that ass, you know, at halftime, you know, or Janet Jackson pulling the titty out, you know? Yeah. So so the, the I think the, the NFL is very hypocritical in trying to create – friendly environment and cannabis is one of those things that's on the no-no list essentially mm -hmm. you know but the fact is is that if the nfl would allow cannabis much in the way we see some of the other uh sports moving forward major league baseball is one that's now allowing players to utilize cbd mm -hmm. so i think it, it's vitally important that as 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 these barriers come down as legalization becomes more prevalent of uh, the modern sports industry really does take a look at uh, cannabis as a valuable therapeutic use. Um, as we've established, it does not seem to be a performing enhancing drug, but rather helping restore the body to homeostasis. In many ways, you know, utilizing cannabis and Gatorade uh, is is completely different than, like you said, folks using Andro or or you know, ephedrine or or you know, steroids and such uh, to enhance it. And uh, to quote the great late Robin Williams, cannabis is only a performing enhancing drug. Is that there's a big freaking Hershey bar at the end of the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, then this comment again by Lindsay. Lindsay, they're gold today. But uh, you know, I you know, it's what I'm what I'm talking about before, where uh, popular culture really needs to embrace cannabis, right? And I mean, we're there, we're, we're getting there. You know, there was a point a long time ago where like I was looked down on upon for smoking weed and like, you know, I was looked at like some lazy stoner that's never going to go anywhere in school or whatnot. Um, but, and, and now people look at me differently, but um, we really need popular culture to embrace cannabis and having these athletes speak up and talk to, you know, not be afraid to be, you know, thrown out, not be afraid to, you know, you could still follow the law and follow the rules and tell your boss, hey, I think we should change this rule, you yeah. know. So it, I think it's really important for these athletes as well to go out there. And, I mean, Americans love sports. I'm not a huge sports guy. This is essentially a sports show. We got two fat guys talking. Fat guys talking about sports, but I mean, it, it, Americans love sports, even fat guys too. <laughs> and fat guys really love sports in America. They love sports so much they wear jerseys. They say "we" when the team is playing, as if for yeah. some they took a couple snaps this week at practice. You know, but they're sitting at home on Sunday and they're lazy boy. You know, with their big screen. It, it is, it, you know, I think part of it is Americans have this uh, desire inside. We're, we're a fighting culture. I think it's uh, our uniqueness uh, of, of coming from all these different countries and different places around the world and being unified in our fight for freedom. That has been the unifying cultural aspect of America, that no matter where you came from, no matter who you are, we would all fight together. And, you know, sports allows us an outlet into that competitive nature, into um, those fights. And that's why uh, people love football. People love boxing. Um, that's why the rise of mixed martial arts and UFC is, is become so popular in this nation. Mm -hmm. Even around the world, you see other places where, you know, in, in, in Asia, where, where Muay Thai and kickboxing are, are popular. Um, and, and wrestling is one of the sports we hadn't talked about. But, you know, for all the song and dance that, of professional wrestling that it is, there are still major injuries that occur. You know, people always say wrestling is fake. There's nothing fake about a 400-pound guy throwing you off a turnbuckle. You know, I'm going to have to leave you alone in the show for a little bit. Hold on. <laughs> no worries. Carlos is going to answer the shot. But, uh, you know, uh, I'll continue that thought in the sense that 
um, you know, we see wrestlers, professional wrestlers, so often uh, giving up their their, their bodies uh, in, in many ways to entertain us, and they themselves need access to this medicine. And I think it's it's wholly important that that we, the American people, uh, continue to push to see that you know these athletes who have entertained us and who have given their bodies up for us have access to this you know th this life saving medicine, um, this therapy that allows them in many ways. Uh, as we saw with Mike Tyson last night, uh, to be in his, you know, going in his mid fifties and still able, you know, to go eight rounds and and to throw, you know, close to two hundred punches. That that in itself is, is a testament to wow, cannabis really has helped, uh, you know, athletes. You can see uh, whether it's you know the 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 nineteen year old football player, uh, you know, in college, you know, struggling after you know wearing down his bones. I mean, people don't think about that, but. The, the toll that uh, American football takes on your body, the fact that you can, you know, do uh, you, some people start as young as eight, nine years old, uh, getting into pads and taking hits, uh, and training their bodies. And then, you know, you're doing four years in high school and then going off doing four or five years in college. And for the small percentage that make it to the NFL, you know, the average NFL career. Uh, uh, you know, it doesn't last very long for, for many places, uh, many players, especially uh, the ones who, you know, have uh, high specialist positions like running backs and such, you know, guys who take a lot of hits. Um, so you look at, you know, if you've had a 15 year career in football from little league to high school to the NFL uh, through college and such, your body's going to be pretty banged up by the time you're in your mid 30s. You know, you'll have the essentially the body of a 50 year old. Um, in your 30s. And for your league to tell you, no, you can't have access to this, um, it, it's just not right. And that's why we need more and more people uh, speaking up. And we need more and more people stepping up uh, to demand that, you know, these prohibitions uh, on cannabis, which are so arbitrary, uh, be removed, not just in professional sports, but even in our personal lives. Despite the fact that Amendment 2 is passed, despite the fact that medical cannabis therapy is legal in Florida, People are still getting kicked out of apartments. People are still getting kicked out of nursing homes. People are still losing their jobs over using a state sanctioned legal medicine. You know, and that is the part that is not right. That is the part where we need you, the people, to step on up and speak out, to join us here in our fight at Suncoast Normal, to join us in the fight in the state legislatures, in the, in the fights that we're having in Congress right now, and continually to educate both your family, your friends, and the public at large over who's on our team and who's not, who's pro-reform and who's not, who's a prohibitionist and who's not. And the fact is, is that prohibitionists got to go. It's over 80 years of cannabis prohibition, and it has done nothing in this country but cause harm. Everything from, you know, the war on drugs, uh, causing a mass incarceration, overpopulation of the prisons with nonviolent offenders while violent criminals are on the streets to the fact that, you know, we see people uh, in this country who are working hard and doing good for themselves and they're being kicked out of the military. They're being kicked out of professional sports. They're even being kicked out of this country for something as simple as cannabis possession and cannabis use. And those things just are not right. And as Carlos said, with our neighbors to the north and our neighbors to the south of Canada and Mexico moving forward with legalization. It is high time, no pun intended, that the United States step on up, that we the people who say that this is our nation, that we govern ourselves, step on up and make it happen. And that comes with being an educated voter. Uh, the great Stan Lee said, with great power comes great responsibility. And I think that no people on this planet uh, have such power than the American people. The American people literally have the power of the greatest fighting force in the world that it's ever seen. The 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 greatest uh, you know level of of uh, possible participation you know that it's ever seen. The sad part is that apathy is our problem in this nation. For all the great turnout that we saw in this last election and all the people who came out and voted, there is still about a quarter of this country that stayed home that could have voted. And again. What we see time and time again, especially in previous elections, is that people get upset. They're like, oh, man, I can't believe this person won or I can't believe that person didn't win. And the fact is, is that we as Americans have to do more in educating ourselves and taking responsibility for our civic duties, including voting, 
including uh, doing more than just voting, but being active in our democracy. When Carlos and I and Gary, uh, you know, and the rest of the board at Suncoast Normal and even our other normal chapters set up lobby days to go to Tallahassee or, you know, when National Normal sets up lobby days to come up uh, to D.C. And, and, and lobby Congress, people, for many of them, that's their first time participating in the political process of that nature. You know, the political process doesn't stop at the ballot box. And I think that is the part that we as Americans have to realize that at the ballot box is, is just the, the, the beginning. The real work comes after the fact where you elect those people and now you have to hold your folks accountable. Now you have to build bridges and look for compromise with folks who may not see eye to eye to you. But all in all, participating actively. I've worked in the state legislature here in Florida and I, I you know I've heard some of the things that are said about constituents uh, you know, behind closed doors in that, you know, oh, people don't care or, oh, you know, uh, let's just keep a tick sheet when people call in and complain. You know, and it's like if that's how legislation is being decided versus how many people called in to complain. I mean, really, you wonder why you see these corporations that have, you know, that spend millions and millions of dollars lobbying officials, and millions and millions of dollars writing checks to political campaigns. And then you're sitting there wondering why is cannabis still illegal in the 21st century? Well, the fact is, is that groups like us don't have millions of dollars, but we have you. We have you, the people, and that's the big difference, is that if you will join us and you will participate in the process, you will get involved, then we have the numbers, we have the power necessary to actually make a real difference in this society. We have the ability to get up there and make real change, both in the state of Florida and in the federal government, to make cannabis legal again. I mean, ideally, it should be no more regulated than the tomatoes in your back garden, you know, because of politics because of uh, uh, apathy, because of a lack of participation among the, the masses and the populace, we continue to see uh, you know, the politics and the status quo uh, continue as they are. And it's time for a change. I'm tired of it. I, I wonder how many of you are. You know, the fact is, is that uh, we can make a difference. There are so many of us out there. There are now you know, over you know, 400,000 registered patients in Florida. And, and I know that there are much more uh, people who are cannabis consumers than the ones that are just, uh, you know, have medical marijuana cards in our state. So I'm asking each of you, you know, uh, this weekend is a weekend where folks have been spending time with their families and now they're turning to do their holiday shopping. You know, if you have it so much in your heart, you want to give the gift that keeps on giving every year, then go to suncoastnormal.org and buy your loved one a membership to Suncoast Normal. I don't take a salary to do this. Carlos doesn't take a salary to do this. None of our board members get paid to do this. We are all volunteers and we are doing this because it is important and because it matters, not just in our personal lives, but of your life, the life of your family, the life of your friends, your children. And I think it is so important that you can still continue to get out there and, and, and be a part of something great. So often in life, we're looking uh, to put our mark on history and this is an organization where you can do that. You know, all your membership dues, all the proceeds that we get, all the donations that we get, go right back into our fight into activism. They go right back into this fight of making sure that we're influencing our elected officials and holding them accountable to we the people. And it, it goes right back into ensuring that we can educate the public. And uh, like Carlos said before, normalize cannabis therapy. You know, the fact is, is that in some states in this country, you can walk down the street in front of the police smoking a joint and they can't do anything to you. They can't even stop you or, or you know, ask you about your day and where you're going. And in other states, if that were the case, they'd throw you to the ground immediately and haul you off as a violent criminal. And it's not right that we live in a country where we have those distinctions. And, and uh, oftentimes they're just they're so arbitrary. Uh, in this country, we should have the right again. Uh, I'm all for the adult use and decriminalization of it. Uh, people should have the right to utilize it, uh, you know, as a therapy. People should have the right to use it as a nutritional supplement. People should have the right to grow it in their backyards and their gardens. You know, um, all in all, you know, if your child is sick, you should have the right to utilize it as a form of therapy for your for your sick child. Uh, we've seen time and time again how the benefits of cannabis therapy have helped people with debilitating conditions, whether it's a seizure condition 
uh, whether it's a, a condition of, uh, you know, we have epilepsy, uh, you know, Alzheimer's is a big one for me that I saw my dad he had dementia and he was suffering through it. That cannabis helped alleviate it sometimes. Other times, you know, if it just brought a level of comfort, you know, to someone who's terminally ill, that's all that really matters is making people feel a little bit better. And so, uh, again, your support, this fight is what's vital. Go to suncoastnormal.org. Uh, you know, become a member today. Uh, sign up and, and renew your dues if you're already a member of through the next year. Again, all proceeds are going to continue to go to our fight. So, if you, as you're shopping around, you know, uh, this weekend on these uh, Super Saturday deals, these Black Friday deals, uh, you got, you know, uh, Small Business Monday, uh, Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday, right? If, if let's say you don't want to become a member, you don't want to be involved, but you know, you got a couple bucks to spare, you got five bucks, uh, please donate. Go to our website, uh, cast a donation, and, and please uh, continue to support uh, the great work that we're doing here. You know, moving forward in Florida, we've got a lot of great things on the horizon. Again, uh, we're going to be reintroducing and working towards this legislative session in the state of Florida to get an employee protection bill a medical marijuana employee protection bill, which would allow all registered medical marijuana patients uh, their right to employment, you know, to not be precluded or fired from a job being a medical marijuana patient and so often we see that we see new stories of of, of good public servants uh, being you know escorted out and losing their jobs over wanting to live a healthy life and that's just not right so we're going to continue to advocate at the state level at the federal level we're going to continue to engage and, and work to get the more act passed uh both with national normal and in our chapter engaging with our elected officials in the florida delegation we have two senators in the state of Florida, uh, Senator Rick Scott, Senator Marco Rubio, who do not support legalization in any way, shape, or form. No matter how many times I've emailed their offices or talked to their staff, um, that is not something that they're going to budge on. So uh, upcoming in Florida, you know, getting involved in these U.S. Senate elections are vital. Um, you know, here in Congress, engaging your local member of Congress. Uh, some of the members of Congress in Florida, regardless of the party, are a little bit more open uh, to cannabis reform. And I think it's important uh, that we, again, as an educated populace, uh, stay involved and stay active. Again, your participation in this country doesn't stop at the ballot box. There is so much more for you to do to actually make laws change and make change happen. Hey, Kano. Carlos, I, I, you know, I don't know if you know, but I had to go on a, a, a you know, my soapbox there while you were handling the shop. So <laughs> sorry, we had uh, we had somebody come in looking for CBD for their dog. But yeah, so you uh, you were on your soapbox talking about weed. Well, I was talking about the, the the necessity for citizen activism around this topic. You know, any change that you want is worth fighting for. And I think that, uh, again, there's no way we're going to see real change if people don't participate in the process beyond the ballot box. I was saying about, you know, getting involved in our lobby days and becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, um, you know, with all the money that's being spent over the next few days from Black Friday to Giving Tuesday, um, you know, give the gift that keeps on giving to your loved ones. Buy them a Suncoast Normal membership. If you don't want to buy a membership, you know, drop five dollars in as a donation and make a make a big difference. Uh, isn't, isn't there some sort of like nonprofit Wednesday or something yet? Like, isn't there like yeah, there's know. Giving Tuesday, there's nonprofit Wednesdays, Cyber Monday. You know, I don't care what day of the week it is. You can always go to SuncoastNormal.org. Uh, you know, you can sign up and become a member there. Uh, we have some really cool member perks uh, coming down the pipeline, and we have an upcoming member event uh, in Ybor City at our headquarters there in Chillum coming up on the yeah. 17th. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Little, little. I mean, it's all coming together right now. You guys did most of the planning without me, but uh, it's all good. <laughs> um, you, well, I mean, we're, we're out of marketing this week for it to the general public. Yeah, I mean, we we wanted to uh, throw an event pretty badly, and uh, we wanted to get back in the swing. Well, uh, you know, most of us did for for the most part. Wanted to get back in the swing swing of things, but there was also a big push from other members of our board that were concerned about the safety and liability of our, of our members. And, uh, you know, uh, we were originally planning like uh, our first event where we would have this event indoors and 
have music and things like that and we just make sure everybody wears masks but now we've decided to go on to this uh outdoor event um to make sure that there's less uh spread of the virus and and things like that we just want to get back into the swing of things guys we want we want to bring this message out to people we want to talk to people about cannabis and we want to come together as a community to show each other support uh, and that's been very difficult to do this year. And uh, fortunately, it brought, it, I think, it, a big put, part of that brought this podcast back onto the air. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we need to get together as a community. We need to work together um, for our future here. And we need to educate each other as we learn so, so big in this episode that um, we need each other, you know? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's been uh, over a year since we've had a, a membership event, and that that's uh, been challenging um, mm -hmm. in person. We've had virtual events, and they, they've been very successful. Uh, folks coming out, uh, whether it was our 420 event or whether it was our, our racial justice panel that we had in July. Um, but we're really looking forward to uh, getting together there at Chillum uh, in mid December before you know the Christmas holidays. And, and have an opportunity to reconnect with our members, uh, to invite our new members in, uh, you know, to get to know each other and such. And, you know, all in all, uh, you know, I think it's important that we as a community remain tight knit as a community. Uh, so often uh, than not, you, you see these, these, uh, these groups uh, out here in the cannabis sector, uh, you know, come to different events, but where's that real sense of family, that real sense of community? And I've always felt that at normal events. I've always felt it at Chillum. You've created a great space uh, for the cannabis community, whether it's a, you know an event with the We For Warriors project or, or it's been an event at normal. Um, the, you know, there, Carlos, and I just got to hats off to you. You all um, have really become a center of cannabis culture in the city of Tampa. And if you had told me 20 years ago, Ebor City would be the thriving, you know, heartbeat of cannabis culture in our city. I tell you, yeah, maybe on a Saturday night when everybody's, you know, hot box. <laughs> you know, one of those clubs down the street is those clubs down the street aren't even around anymore in many cases. Some of them the doors, some of them have burned down, some of them have, you know, make more space uh, as a warehouse space than they do as a club. Uh, you know, and, and you have been very successful uh, on Seventh Avenue. Uh, as a glass gallery, as a CBD dispensary, like you said, people are coming in looking for CBD products for their pets, and I, I just think that that is, uh, you know, so admirable. I've been in your shop so many times to hear people, you know, drive from other counties. Oh yeah, I came to look for something for my dog, and I'm like, wow. So just the fact that you you state space for people to come get educated and, and find relief. I, I, hats off to you, brother. And, and thank you very much, Kano. And I just want to take a moment to, to talk to our listeners or our viewers. Um, uh, so one big thing, and we were talking, we we're talking a lot about how to get involved here. Um, it's important if you're going to come to a Suncoast normal event, if you're going to come to Chillum, if you're going to come to any event that has to do with promoting cannabis, right? I want you to take somebody that does not agree with you and bring them with you. I think that's very important. Uh, one thing that I don't want our events to become is a preaching to the choir type situation, or it's just an excuse for a couple buddies to get together and hang out or something like that. These are, these are serious events. You know, we have a good time. We listen to music, we eat some food, we, we drink, we smoke, we hang out. Um, and, and, you know, we enjoy ourselves, but you know, we're, it's really important to bring somebody into our culture and show them that our culture really isn't everything that they thought it was. And, um, you know, if you're looking for a way to get involved, right, uh, we talk about time, treasure, talent. Uh, this falls into the time section, you know, take the time to grab a friend that you care about and cares about you that may not agree with you when it comes to cannabis. Take them to chill them. Take them to a Suncoast Normal event. Show them this podcast. Take them to a Florida Cannabis Coalition event or whatever other group or, you know, uh, FMCCE Cannabis, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, take them to a cannabis event that you like to go to and don't look at the event as, oh, I'm going to see all my buddies. Look at it like, oh, I'm going to bring this person to meet these people who have shown me that there's so much, so many great things to this plant. So, um, yeah, 
Um, I hope you guys come to our events. I hope you guys listen to our podcasts, but use, use these things as a tool to spread the good news. Yeah, Carlos, you hit that on the head. Every event that I've been to where I've seen um, either like a public administrator or an elected public official come on out to one of our events, they've, you know, it, it has really changed and moved um, their public opinion of, of, you know, a group of people who they may have had an intrinsic bias against, or, you know, as you said before, they were just uneducated uh, uh, to, to how these people find relief in their daily lives by utilizing cannabis um, as a therapy. And I think that is so vitally important um, to, to changing the culture and changing people's opinions. Like you said, bring people to the event who may not agree with you, bring people to the event so they can see it's, it's not a stereotype they may have pictured in their head, but they, they, they will encounter people from every social economic background and, and, you know, folks who have even, you know, lives for our nation as veterans and have the opportunity to engage with these folks and realize that this is a community where people support each other. And this is a community that is united um, by essentially a, a fight for freedom. And it's a community very similar to your own. I mean, these are these aren't just stoners sitting on the couch. These aren't just people that own head shops. These are professionals. These are MBAs. These are MPAs. These are doctors. These are attorneys. These are people that are educated, that care about you know, care about their people, care about their friends, care about their family. Um, these are people that want to do good. They're, I, I, I love me a cannabis doctor, especially a cannabis doctor that got into it because they were tired of their patients getting addicted to pain pills, or they were tired of their patients hurting their patients. You know, they wanted to, they became doctors because they wanted to help. And, um, you know, there's a lot of money hungry doctors out there. There's even money hungry cannabis doctors. Don't even get me wrong, but a good amount of the cannabis doctors that we're associated with. And, you know, you've talked to Dr. Rosado and Dr. Wiener and all those people. Um, all these people are in it for the right reasons. They're there to educate as well. And they provide a very good perspective. Indeed. If, if you all are out there searching for cannabis doctor, you can go to suncoastnormal.org. Uh, we do affiliate uh, with a, a couple of different clinics. You can uh, visit them in our member, uh, our business member section. Um, some of them even hold uh, various events. Um, I know that uh, uh, Medical Marijuana Treatment Centers of Florida consistently hold uh, workshops every week, which is free to the public and free to our members. Um, you know, Marijuana Doctor uh, uh, hosts uh, various blogs uh, on various health topics and utilizing cannabis therapy uh, for their help. So if you need a doctor's recommendation, uh, go to our website, uh, visit our partners, and uh, you can uh, get signed up there and get going on your uh, pathway to legal possession in Florida. <laughs> And yeah, man, I think it's about that time. It's eleven thirty. I think uh, I think it's time to end the show. What do you think? I, I think it is time to get up out the rotation so I can eat this <laughs> beautiful wife has made me this morning that I've been staring at for the past hour, and I'm like, ooh, I'm so hungry. I'm well, I stepped away for a minute, so I'm not sure all all the things you've said, but I'm just gonna go over a few things here. Uh, join us at our website, suncoastnormal.org. You can find this podcast on there. You can find cannabis in information, and you can also become a member of Suncoast Normal. Uh, follow us on social media at Suncoast N O R M L. That's at Suncoast Normal um, uh, across all the platforms, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Twitter, anything like that. Um, don't forget to click like and share if you're watching this on uh, live. Uh, help us get our message out there and you know show show people um, what's going on. Uh, there's going to be more more coming soon from us, more events and whatnot. Again, you can find that at suncoastnormal.org. Uh, come to these events, hang out with us, chill with us, uh, sponsor podcasts, donate. You know, get, give everything you can to this movement because we're giving so much for you. Um, yeah. And if there's anything else, Kano, I think that's it. Just peace and love. Peace.